Hello and welcome to the Rob Burgess Show. I'm of course your host, Rob Burgess. On this, our 127th episode, a returning guest is Jonathan Fowler. You first heard Jonathan Fowler on episodes 2, 10, 20, 21, 29, 30, 31, 32, 34, 35, 43, 48, 51, 56, 64, 74, 83, 92, 102, 103, 104, 105, 106, 107, 108, 109, 111, 114, 115, 116, 119, 126, and episode 82, also featuring fellow regular guest Ash Burgess of the podcast. Jonathan graduated with a BA in history from Indiana University in 2006. He is an unabashed left-wing political junkie. He has lived and worked in South Korea for over 10 years, trying to help the citizens of that great nation hopefully talk pretty one day. And now, on to the show. So, <laughs> man, I I don't know, man. I uh, went to sleep Wednesday night, you know, and everything, of course, is still not totally finalized, but, uh, you know, we knew what the result was, basically, uh, broadly. And then I woke up Thursday and I saw, I mean, I woke up this morning and saw Trump had fired Jeff Sessions overnight mm-hmm. and I was like oh boy I just uh, I don't know man <laughs> we just don't get a break with this guy yeah I mean I think he was waiting for the midterms for uh, being able to do this because I mean I know he's wanted to fire Sessions for a long time so I think this is just kind of the low hanging fruit that he's trying to you know Yeah, I think he knows that he's in huge trouble uh, so I think he's doing whatever he can to try to shore up his, you know, power that he feels slipping away. So he's trying to install a, a loyalist to oversee the Mueller probe. Um, so what do you what do you think about the uh, status of, of the Mueller situation? Oh, I don't know. It's just uh, it's. Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> Do we even have a country anymore? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, is there is there any even pretension that certain people are not above the law? We're going to of course, we're going to see the thing that we know we're going to see, which is people like Lindsey Graham, who had said in the past. And I'm sure you can drop some audio in here that, you know, if uh, if Trump fires sessions, there will be hell to pay or something. And of course, now he's pretty well on board with that and stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm sure he can, you know, try and say that the Kavanaugh thing just pissed him off so much that he doesn't care anymore or something. But I don't know. He's a he's, you know, another one of these guys who was against Trump at the time. And then he was for Trump. And then he said Trump wouldn't do this. And then if Trump does that, of course, he'll be OK with it. So mm-hmm. no accountability. Um, of course, we have, you know, we have until at least I mean, it's January when the Democratic Congress comes in. Right. Mm-hmm. So we've got another two months of yeah. what I'm sure will be sheer, you know, enraging insanity that's going to go on. Mm-hmm. They're going to I'm sure they're going to try to, you know, take everything but the kitchen sink with them on their way out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Honestly, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a definitely a worrying sign, but I think we knew this was coming if if Trump suffered losses in the midterms. Um, you know, he was going to try to shore up power at whatever he could before they take you know, their places in Congress here with the uh, speaker's gavel. So um, I'm not, I, I feel like I should be more worried, but I'm somehow not right now. I mean, uh, maybe I'm just hanging too much on the fact that we have the House now, 
or will in January, but and also the fact that I'm sure Mueller has seen this coming a mile away and has probably been preparing for this eventuality for uh, some time now. Um, you know, I, I've heard some conflicting things, but I have heard that, you know, any sealed indictments that are already yeah. sealed and done with, it, it can't do anything about. So yep. uh, I've heard some rumblings that Junior may be next. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers uh, for that. That, yeah, would, that would be I've, so awesome. I've heard that too. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But we know how that would play in the media. They're going to say, oh, well, of course Trump had to fire Mueller then. I mean, the guy was going after his son. I mean, nobody could allow that. You know, it's a human reaction. This guy's not a human being. He's a fucking animal. <laughs> He's a yeah, fucking right. scared, cornered animal. Did mm. you see him on uh, CNN today with Jim Acosta or whatever? Jim oh, Acosta yeah. is now banned from the White House press briefings. Oh, my gosh. I wanted to challenge you on, on one of the statements that you made in the tail end of the campaign uh, in, in midterms. That here, this, here we go. That, well, if you don't mind, Mr. President, that this caravan was an invasion. As you know, I, Ms. President, I consider it to be an invasion. As you know, Mr. President, the caravan was not an invasion. It's a it's a, a group of migrants moving up from Central America towards the border with the U.S. Honestly, I think you should let me run the country. You run CNN, right. and if you did it well, your ratings so let me would be ask much you better. Guys. Sarah Huckabee Sanders lying, lying, lying about what happened on video. We can all see. <laughs> we, we saw it yeah. live on TV. It's not like even if they wanted to manipulate the old images, it's like we've seen it live. It happened in front of us. You can't tell us it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're trying to. I, I sent you a link on Red State just to see how they were spinning various things and stuff. But I saw another article on RedState.com was like uh, – you know, uh, Jim Acosta shoved a woman and then Trump <laughs> blew up at him. It's like, what? I watched the video like three times from different angles. You could not possibly say that he shoved the, the woman who was coming <laughs> to try to. The, the woman was trying to physically grab the mic out of yeah. his hand. He didn't lay a hand on her. He just moved the mic away from her yeah. a little bit and like kind of pushed her hand away or something. It was like, And then she like went down like, I don't know. It's just, you know, it's the height of, uh, you know, just partisan I don't even know what the word for it is, but just, you know, manipulation of facts to say that he shoved anybody. But of course, you know, they've got an agenda. They want to make the Democrats look bad. And, you know, Trump look like, you know, the man who's standing in front of the podium screaming at everybody and telling them they can't do their jobs and their their ratings are terrible. And, you know, they're banned from the White House. He didn't say that at the time, but, you know, acting like he's going to walk away from the podium, mm -hmm. you know, avoiding questions. Uh, and, and, you know, it wasn't just Jim Acosta he was going after. It was, you know, the the person who followed up on him. I don't know who that was, but that guy kind of like said, you know, actually, Jim Acosta is a very diligent reporter. And he's like, you know, he's like, don't don't turn into him or something. You're not that great either. You're not the best or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. This he's a, he's like a cornered animal right now. He's just lashing out everywhere. He's 
visibly furious and uncomfortable. He knows something bad is coming. Mm. I mean, and I don't know, you know, Robert Mueller has held off for the past month because mm-hmm. apparently, you know, he's he's the only person left in Washington still following the uh, the conventions or whatever the, mm-hmm. of the past. And, uh, you know, now he's due to drop something, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll be very curious to see if he drops something, knowing that he is in very real danger of getting fired. Although the, I think the argument for dropping something anyways is. What, do, do you really think that the Republicans are going to hold off on firing if he doesn't drop something? No. I mean, yeah, I mean, it'd be ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. it'd be pretty stupid to be sitting there, like, keeping your powder dry and then get fired anyways, yeah. <laughs> which is probably what's going to happen. So I'm all for just continuing as if you're not going to get fired. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I don't know. Just, I mean, I don't know. Democrats have the Congress and the, uh, the, well, the House of Representatives, and that's going to be fun and interesting. And, you know, the next two years may be. I don't know. It's it's a it's a weird thing to say that they may be better than the last two years, but um, you know, it's going to be more be obstruction but, at least. Yeah, exactly. Like I I feel I I, I don't want to like you know get over you know whatever, but I you know I do feel somewhat hopeful because like I feel like for the last two years I've just been so desperately hopeless because it's just like nobody's holding him accountable like no but like like we're not putting a check on him in any way and Mueller's the only thing and it's so fragile what we have and and we got to keep sessions in there and you know we got to have rosenstein protect Mueller, and and if Mueller's fired before we can do anything else it's game over and now it's like it doesn't matter like the democrats are going to put Mueller on the stand immediately in front of live television they've already said if this happens so it's not like okay. you fire somebody, yeah. And, and you know, yeah. Mueller could go, you know, he could go testify in front of the grand jury too once he's a private citizen again uh, about what he knows that's not classified. You know what I mean? Like, is I think the yeah. thing that, that Trump forgets when he fires people in his new role as president that wasn't true, maybe when he was just, you know, him, was like, if you fire somebody, you don't have to see them anymore. You can kick them, you can fire them from the grounds mm. you don't have you know they're out of your life basically if they say anything you, you sue them uh, for violating an nda or whatever but it's like it doesn't work that way it's like it's same thing with comey it's like he fired comey because he wanted to stop his investigation but then he caused another one and then comey went in front of congress you know like like these people aren't going away if you fire them they still know what they know and they can still talk about what they can talk about so, yeah i mean the the one of you know one of the few th- true things that steve bannon has said is that you know, he gave the advice at the time and who knows if it's true or not. Mm-hmm. He's probably a self-serving liar, but he told Trump at the time, don't fire Comey because it'll trigger us a special counsel. And that's what happened. So, and you know, Trump, Trump, number one, Trump doesn't have any capacity for self-reflection, but to the degree that if he, if he were a person who did, he would probably recognize, Oh yeah, Steve was right at that point. I should have listened to him right then. But mm-hmm. you know, we all know he's not capable of even that level of introspection, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. I'm frustrated with. Uh, I don't know. You know, it's. Uh, we've got this. We got the House. There really wasn't much chance of the Senate. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. Republicans can brag and taunt all they want online. Oh well, you you can't do much with the House without the Senate. Ha ha, Dems. It's like. 
dude, shut the fuck up. You guys started with 42 seats that couldn't be contested anyways. They weren't up for re-election. Mm-hmm. So all you had to win was eight seats for election. I mean, Democrats basically had to run the board there, you know. Mm-hmm. In, in, in the opposite situation, the Republicans couldn't have done it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if the result was flipped, like say that there was a Democrat-controlled Congress and, you know, the same result. It, it would just re- just reverse all the Ds to Rs in the situation, and they would claim total victory. We took a whole mm-hmm. House of Congress. Ha ha. You know, who cares if you got a few more Senate seats? This is, the, you know, we're going to put brakes on you. You know, so just yeah. think how they would they would spin this. And, you know, it's like this. This is one thing about Democrats. We can never, you know, we can never just enjoy a victory. You know, it's always <laughs> this like <laughs> well, we got to have this like self-reflection and, and stuff. Just, you know, let, let's just be do it like Republicans would for one day. Let's just think about this how they would. And they would claim total victory off of this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's I think that's what Democrats need to do is start treating this like they've got a you know popular mandate. And I think, you know, based on the vote totals, uh, you know, I think they got I mean, we got a lot. How many more million votes did we get than they did across nine, the country? Nine, but of course, nine million, nine, nine million. million more votes than the Republicans did. But of course, you know, a lot of those stack up in districts that you're already winning. But, you know, those are those are American citizens voices. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's uh, how long are we going to keep letting this this bullshit republican party winning election win you know what i'm saying like how, how long like with the electoral college or with you know just pretending that people in utah's voices are worth a hell of a lot more than people in california or wherever mm-hmm. uh it's you know it's you know to borrow trump's phrase again do we even have a country are we going to mm-hmm. have a country it's like you know we don't have a country if this is how we do it it's like yeah well, we didn't even talk about this yet, but uh, Joe Donnelly didn't even win Indiana. So. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's disappointing. I saw a few days ago Trump had gone after him on Twitter. Said Don, mm-hmm. Joe Donnelly had like donated money to the Libertarian candidate, and, and that made her illegitimate or something. But Donnelly had. What did he do? He sponsored some uh, videos or something saying that she was the really fisc- the real fiscal conservative in the Indiana. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a mailer. Yeah, and it was like they sent it out and they were, weren't like vote for me. They were just like vote for the libertarian candidate Lucy Brenton. So <laughs> yeah, just trying to draw some votes away. I'm sure, but it's kind of the last act of a desperate man, I guess. So. <laughs> Yeah, I I get so tired of people who always complain about the two parties, like uh, oh Democrats and Republicans, man, we got to vote third party. It's like we got to vote Green Party, we got to vote Libertarian and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like Libertarians and Green Parties in the American system do nothing except act as spoilers to mm-hmm. the main parties. That's the only thing they do. Well, look at what happened in Arizona. Yeah. Did you see that? The, yeah, the uh, Green Party person dropped out and endorsed the Democrat, and they still picked up enough votes to. To, to tank the Democrats' chances and cost them the seat. It's like, you know, to all, yeah. you know, to be fair to that candidate, at least they did the right thing and dropped out. But it's like, you know, we, we could have a European-style kind of parliamentary thing where there's 50 different parties and they f- build coalitions to, you know, and, and you vote for exactly who you want. But they're going to build a coalition. And eventually, 
coalitions become, uh, you know, they become kind of cemented into place. And then you get a party like the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. And people have been talking about, you know, over the past couple of years, your attitudes on one issue have a very high probability of predicting your attitudes on another issue. Mm -hmm. It's like if if you have racist beliefs, you know, the Republican Party is the party for you most <laughs> of the time, <laughs> like with a high degree of predictability. If you have racist beliefs, you probably also, you know, life, you know. It, you know, and your your economic, your racial, your social, your economic, like well, I said, economic, your foreign policy, all this stuff starts lining up for the most to a very high degree. That's a result of the fact that a bunch of niche issue groups have come together under one party. So you can, you know, I, I don't know. I just don't I don't believe these people who say, oh, if we just had more political parties, things would be so different. No, they wouldn't. They'd, they'd be small, weak parties who would never win a majority, and they would have to form coalitions with other parties, which would eventually cement into larger parties, and we'd be exactly where we are now. I mean, in a way, we're almost like more advanced in a way. We're just at a later stage of the <laughs> development of a political system in a way. It's right. like, although it may all be a cycle, mm-hmm. although well, it's a cycle, yeah. people should worry about what comes after democracy. Mm-hmm. That's very true. But like Ash, Ash pointed out the other day when we were talking about this, it's funny, it's kind of ironic that the Green Party is the environmental party, because really, if you think about it, they've probably done more to harm the environment than any other party <laughs> just by getting so many Republicans elected. And, uh, you know, apparently if you scratch the surface of most, you know, fundraising efforts for the Green Party, you'll usually find outside money coming in trying to just mm-hmm. you know be a spoiler for you know democrats because obviously who's going to vote for green party people it's probably people that it would otherwise vote for the democrats so yeah i will say this you know in 20 we've talked about before in 2016 i sat there for about an hour looking at two different ballots that i'd printed out and filled out each and i was trying to decide which one i was going to put my signature on and send back to america as my vote and you know one of them was for hillary hillary clinton the other was for jill stein and it was a hard decision. I was wrestling with it. I'm so glad today that I did not vote for Jill Stein because, mm-hmm. you know, just the stuff like, you know, her going to Russia, some of the stuff going on there, whatever that was, you know, who really knows? Of course, some some liberals going to be, oh, God, here we go, Russia again. But, you know, in history, you guys are going to be seen as some useful idiots. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very clear in, when we look back in history what Russia was up to. And we had this large contingent of people in America who were like, what? there's nothing there. Nothing's going on. Oh, God, Russia. Oh, boy, here comes the conspiracy theory. No, you guys are the conspiracy theory. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm very confident that history is going to look back and judge you very poorly. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much, you know, like I said the other day, you know, the Republicans will never be a home for me. They're, you know, too many racists. They're religiously, you know, mm-hmm. they, they don't believe in separation of church and state. They advocate for Christianity, all other religions, and I'm not a Christian, so that just means they're not for me. They they, they can't be for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and, and basically I'm done with the Green Party, too. Mm-hmm. I think my mom voted for Ralph Nader in, like, 2000 or something, and I, I think she came to regret that after the Bush thing, but... Mm-hmm. But it's just like, yeah, the Green Party are spoilers. Mm-hmm. Libertarian, Libertarian Party will be spoilers for the Republicans, too. So, 
So, you know, mm-hmm. we both got our sides to do that, but I don't see the use for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, are we even sure that is true for the libertarians? I mean, I feel like, yes, they are, you know support some fiscally conservative things, but, you know, like you said, the most Republicans prefer the full refreshing flavor of Republicans. So. Yeah. Well, the, that that <laughs> that flavor may not last for much longer. I don't know. <laughs> a, few, a few more years, it may become pretty toxic. Uh-huh. But like, like, I think like I've had the theory since 2008 that I, I'd never really heard about libertarians or Ron Paul or these people before 2008. And then I just saw a bunch of protesters out on the street in Bloomington huh. on Obama's inauguration day. Mm-hmm. And I stopped and talked to him, took some pictures and stuff. I was like, and they had that like uh, revolution or whatever the hell the you know, the, oh, the yeah. all signs were, were uh-huh. back then. Yeah, I forgot about those. Yeah, and I talked to him, and they they and and I immediately like my suspicion was these are conservative former neocon rear guard. That's what I mm-hmm. thought they were, and mm-hmm. I haven't seen a lot since then to prove me wrong. You you know they're still fiscally conservative and stuff. Uh, they want, you know, individual liberty, whatever that means, which, you know, is a nice thing to ask for when you've already got a lot and you're starting from a pretty good place. They, they're they're willing to go the other way on some social issues, you know, gay marriage or whatever, or, you know, partnerships, marijuana legalization. They're willing to go because they basically have to. They've lost the argument on those things that conservatives did during the Bush years. Mm-hmm. But they're, you know. They want to keep what they want to keep, so I don't know. But yes, I you know, hey, we won the house, but and maybe I don't know, maybe I expected more. Maybe I you know. Well, that's probably part of the reason that people are disappointed because we got our hopes you know too high. But I you know, I think people are looking for a big statement. And that didn't really happen, but I'll take the tangible goals that we achieved. Yeah. I mean, after after the last two years, the amount of bullshit we've seen, really the last three years since 2015 when Trump declared, um, I don't know. I'd feel better about America if there had been a stronger repudiation of that, and I'm disappointed that the repudiation wasn't oh, yeah. that strong. Well, we haven't we haven't really got into it, but I mean, Indiana really just completely confirmed everything that's happened. You know, they're like, looks good to me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's disappointing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Indiana. I don't know. It's uh, probably to Trump's credit that he was able to direct tax money to uh, farmers who are affected by the. The. the trade war that he started with China, where they targeted like soy, soy and corp, uh, soybeans and corn exports or whatever to China. I mean, mm-hmm. if if that money hadn't come, who who knows? I mean, I don't know how much of it they've gotten so far, but uh, I don't know. It's it's a mess. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am encouraged because with Democrats taking control of the the House, I mean, I mean, what committees are they going to get? I mean, I don't even know, but like intelligence uh, oversight oh, yeah i mean i mean we get them all which, well yeah and, depending on yeah yeah well well you know adam schiff is going to be in charge of the intelligence committee which is great mm-hmm. uh maxine waters is i forget which uh, one she's in charge of but <laughs> she's going to be able to get his taxes mm. uh yeah we're going to talk about you know we've been talking about impeachment but we haven't even talked about impeachment for 
other officials in the, you know in this administration that you know is certainly coming down there's plenty of corruption to go around to investigate so so it's uh yeah i mean it's it's gonna be I, let's just see what happens when they face even the slightest bit of actual scrutiny that's backed up by subpoena power you know what i mean like let's let's see what that yeah. happens because we have not seen that up till now so yeah yeah. I just I hope the Democrats don't get into this thing where they get worried about the news cycle where people are saying things like are the Democrats going too far? Are they overusing their power? Are they overstepping their mandate? I hope they they, they, they better not do what they're do what a Republican would do. Full speed ahead, shift the Overton window or whatever. They need to they need to be like Republicans, full speed ahead, no compromise, and you know, make the news media cover you on your own terms, not, you know, do something and then backtrack on it and kind of equivocate about it or anything like that. Just plow through, which mm-hmm. again is not great because that's not the, it's not good to have two parties ruling like that, it's, but it's not good to allow one party to rule like that unchecked. So yeah, for sure. Okay. So, but I, I think one good thing is we've probably seen the uh, end of what is it? Nunez's game. Yeah, Devin sadly Nunez. he was he was reelected, but he won't be in a position of power anymore on that. He's he's a clown. He like he went to Britain, he went to England, and he tried to get them to give some information on Christopher Steele. And I'm like, no, you're not allowed. <laughs> yeah, it's, he he has no respect outside of the Republican Party. Uh huh. I was uh, I don't know. I, like two of the two of the races that were pretty frustrating were well i mean the beto o'rourke ted cruz thing was frustrating although i think like i did feel like beto o'rourke was getting i don't know he was getting really blown up nationally and i didn't you know i didn't read a whole lot of articles about him i probably should have but i i you know it did feel like he was a little big for his britches there for a while um but i don't know yeah i mean we we won congress and yet it doesn't feel like a very satisfying victory yet. I hope mm-hmm. that we will continue to, you know, march forward and take some other gains here over the years. Mm-hmm. I think I think Trump is. I I hope to God the Democrats. I don't know. You know, they've got Nancy Pelosi is going to be the you know, the the uh, head of the party now or whatever. Not wild about her. A lot of people say that's sexist because she's a woman, so I should be wild about her. I'm just mm-hmm. not. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, like the I mean, the 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 victory speech she was giving was just very tepid. I felt like I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was I saw one clip from it where it was like uh, she was she was like, let's hear it for pre-existing conditions. <laughs> it's like, OK, yeah, <laughs> thank you, I mean, Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of talk. I mean, there's always this talk about and I've I've never totally bought it because I've never necessarily seen it proven true that you, you, you can't campaign against somebody. You've got to campaign for something. Right. And so supposedly the Democrats issue this time was healthcare, pre-existing conditions and stuff. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, it's important, but at this point, I mean, even Republicans have kind of backed away from repeal and replace. Right. I mean, it's, um, it's a dead you know, issue tra- at this point. I don't think they're even a, hoping for that. And, and 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 how many how many news cycles ago was healthcare even a thing? I mean, is it like six? Has it been six months? Honestly, I've lost all track of time. I have no idea under the Bush or the Trump administration how time flows and like when we were 
when we were last seriously talking about healthcare, but it's like, you know what? Trump's a fucking asshole. Everybody fucking hates him or, you know, a sizable somewhat majority of the country hates him. Mm-hmm. Um, although it's disappointing to see that it's not quite as many as we might've hoped, but you know what? Fuck it. Just campaign against this motherfucker in states where you think you can get away with it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know this. I mean, when you look back at this from history, okay, Donald Trump had, you know, done all the many, 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 many wrong things that I've detailed exhaustively in other places. Mm-hmm. And Democrats campaigned on health care in 2018. Oh, okay. Well, I guess they won a little bit, but it's like, I, I just feel like it's a little bit, it's important. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. It's very important, but. I just don't know that that's the, I mean, I'm a voter. That is not the, that's not the first thing that's on my mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's important, but, you know, preserving the United States of America as a soluble, like, you know, democracy is, and, and, you know, not destroying the planet in a fiery meltdown of uh, nuclear or global mm-hmm. warming, you know, uh, I don't know. These other things. These are these are my primary concerns. Healthcare is very important, but I don't know. I don't think mm-hmm. that has to be. I don't think that should have necessarily been our number one thing this year. Right. Well, do you think that Nancy Pelosi does need to be the speaker though? Because I, I mean, I know she raises a lot of money and stuff, but I feel like that having her and Chuck, you know, Chuck and Nancy, or as 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 you know who calls them, uh, mm-hmm. I feel like that's like a punching bag that we just give the other side and we don't need to really. And these are like yeah. two old people that don't really represent the party. Cause I mean, I went to the, you know, the democratic and the Republican, you know, parties for election night in downtown Indy. And you could just see the difference in who like attended. It was like exactly who you'd expect. Like, you know, the Republican was like just white old, you know what I mean? rural who mm. exactly who you'd expect we go to the democrat it's diverse it's young it's you know all this stuff and i just don't feel that they represent the leadership of the party represents the you know rainbow coalition as it were uh that we've got you know well so. i i yeah i i'm not wild about either one of them which is i mean the mm. thing i'm not either i mean i, I and, and we're democrats right hmm Republicans well, hate I'm it. I'm not registered that way, but I, I'm I'm like Bernie. I caucus. I caucus. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the 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 thing is, like, when Demo- when all Republicans hate them, when you can mention Nancy Pelosi and Nancy and Chuck as Chuck and Nancy as as a punchline at a Republican rally, and everybody knows what you're talking about, and yeah. viscerally hates them. And you can mention them to Democrats and you'll get 50 percent say, no, they're great. They're fundraisers. They're they're skilled legislators. They they you know, they they, they know the system. And then you can get the other 50 percent that said, that, you know, they're dinosaurs. They want to compromise too much. They want to be friends with Donald Trump. Fuck them. Mm-hmm. That may not be who you need to run. And I'm not even saying it has to be. It doesn't have to be a woman. It doesn't have to be a minority. It doesn't have to be a young person. It it needs to be fresh blood in the sense that, you know, I mean, Bernie Sanders was a fundraising machine on a smaller mm-hmm. scale. He was not a corporate fundraiser. He was raising, you know, the tw- the the proverbial right. twenty seven dollars a donation. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's in the Senate. He's not in the House. But I mean, 
you know, put somebody like, I mean, he's not a young person, but I'm, I'm just saying it doesn't have to be a young person. It doesn't no, have to be a minority. It doesn't have to be right. a woman. Stop this <laughs> fucking bullshit. It just has to be somebody that people are excited about, you know? And of course you're going to get a bunch of Hillary supporters. Like I'll never support Bernie. I hate him. Oh God. Oh, don't run him. God, we need young people now. Oh, like, you know, they'll do this disingenuous thing, but, um, you know, it, it, we, yeah, it, it should be somebody more like that. Somebody people can honestly, somebody that the D- Republicans are going to have to, the thing is, I'm not, I'm not, sorry, I can't even talk anymore, but <laughs> yes, Nancy Pelosi has been demonized probably wildly out of proportion to anything she ever did by the Republicans. And that's yeah. unfortunate, but it's a reality. You know, it's a reality. She's a, she's a tarnished person. And you can try to fight that or you can say, well, maybe we bring somebody else in. And if you bring somebody else in, the Republican machine is going to try to do the same thing to them. And they probably may eventually succeed with, you know, their voters and stuff. But I don't know. It's just I don't know. It's you know, there's a lot of talk about Obama lost a lot of local Democratic infrastructure all across the country throughout his years. Um, Well, yeah, he partially did. But. Who was right there in the Senate and Congress helping him mm. and who was also presiding over this massive loss of like governorship and state senators and everything all across the country or whatever, you know, mm. Chuck yeah. and Nancy. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like but they don't take they don't take as much of the blame for that for some reason. Mm-hmm. Well, they definitely should if it's an issue and it is. And, you know, the Republicans have almost enough. And I, they, they broke this down uh, on uh, Ballotpedia, if you ever go on that site. It's really good. Uh, but they were breaking down all this. You know, they call it a trifecta when the governor, the the, the state house is all in the same, uh, you know, party. And yeah. I forget how many they were away, but like Republicans were very close up till this last election of being able to call a constitutional convention because uh, it's like two thirds of the states have to be in agreement, and if they had gotten mm-hmm. like two or three more, and of course Indiana is one of those that counts in their column, but if they had gotten two or three more, they could have rewritten whatever they wanted to in the Constitution. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. you know, we're gonna thankfully, end, we're going yeah. to end birthright citizenship. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. uh, yeah, but that's they gone in the other direction because I think there was three that went back into the the D columns that were slightly less danger of that. But these are the down ballot things that you know Republicans have been dominating because while we've been you know up until this last time you know dominating the presidential elections for the last two cycles before that, it's like they picked up I think it was something like a thousand state legislators legislative seats. And I forget yeah. how many governorships, you know what I mean? Like, they've just been running the board. Uh, yeah. That seems to be coming to an end, but they've kept their eye on that ball. And, and who who has taken their eye off the ball? It's, it's Chuck and Nancy. So. Yeah. And so that's, that's why I don't automatically buy these arguments that these people are just the brilliant people who are playing 3D chess that a lot of people would say they are. Whereas somebody like Bernie, I mean, look what Bernie did in Indiana. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, More. Hillary. Yeah. I mean, he, this is a guy who can inspire people in various states, you know, mm-hmm. and that's that's what we need. We don't I you know, I don't want to make it about, you know, coastal elites because that's such a Republican framing. But it's just like, I don't know, you know, and, you know, Bernie's a little bit coastal. He's out. I mean, Vermont's pretty close to the East Coast. But I'm just saying, like, I mean, 
he is somebody who has appeal broadly across the across the country and that's the type of person who could do you know individual fundraising who could do you know winning stuff in the local elections if if people you know i don't know i i, I may be going out on a limb here a little bit but i'm just saying like somebody like that Mm-hmm. yeah for sure what was your take on Beto O'Rourke? I guess I was a little more hopeful than I should have been that a Democrat, any Democrat, could win Texas, you know. But I well, will say did, that he came with he came within three points or so. He did. He? he did. He came closer than Joe Donnelly did in Indiana, which is pretty amazing to say that you know Indiana's redder than Texas at this point. But um, and you know there was a practical effect down ballot from him too because uh, I've been reading that the. Uh, entire judiciary of that state has now changed, uh, kind of being buoyed by the fact that people came out in such large numbers for Beto. Uh, so you now have all these like uh, local uh, judges and, and state judges that have just been forced out because of this, uh, you know, mini blue wave that you know Beto mania has caused. Um, you know, people are saying Beto 2020. I wouldn't be against that necessarily. I don't think it votes great I'm not that we're trying about to. It. Yeah, I mean, he, he, I think you got to, like, like I heard Dan Savage say uh, yesterday when I heard him interviewed about this, you got to win one first. And, you know, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think Obama was, you know, kind of wet behind the ears or whatever you say when if somebody's not very experienced, uh, you know, uh, you know, he, he was not really had didn't have his sea legs yet, but he did win. You know, he won Senate and state Senate and, you know, he had a track record, even if it was kind of short. Uh, I do think you have to win something before, although, I mean, Trump didn't win anything before this, so who knows, but I don't know. To some degree, but I, yeah, but at the same time, like, I mean, your local situation may not be advantageous for a person like you. Like, if you or I were to run for something in Indiana, we wouldn't win shit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but at the national level, we could take it all. No, I'm, I'm giving us a little, <laughs> you know, wow. maybe, maybe we, 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 <laughs> I didn't know I'm we just had saying, that kind like, of shot. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, you know, what's, what's popular in, you know, in Texas may not be popular across the entire United States. And so I'm saying like, y- yeah, I mean, yeah, it's better if the person has a track record that they can win things, that they know how to run a com- campaign and everything. But at the same time, there's some people who are smart people, capable people, people who would be popular on a national level, but who are never going to rise to the top in their local situation. Right. And so, yeah, but I don't know, Beto, I'm surprised Trump didn't give him a, give him a nickname. I, I, I would, I would have thought he would have gone with beta O'Rourke <laughs> because he, he, he certainly didn't seem like much of an alpha in a way. So yeah. <laughs> just sitting right there. I, you know. Yeah. Low hanging fruit. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just saying like, I mean, I don't know. I didn't, I, I don't see him as a presidential winner mm. i don't see it it's it's my it's totally my hot take shooting from the gut or whatever but i just don't see it so i hope mm. people will back off of this beto 2020 stuff mm-hmm. yeah i i think there's plenty of other people that could do it i'm not i don't think you need to pin all your hopes on him i mean it was exciting for sure and I still mm-hmm. can't believe people would stand in line for hours to vote for Ted Cruz. I just that that blows my mind, even in Texas. But <laughs> yeah, Ted Ted Cruz and Beto O'Rourke are kind of like an interesting uh, thing because like Ted, what's his what's his actual name? His name is like his Spanish or something. Is what what is what is Ted Cruz's real name? Rafael. And and it's not Ted. It's like 
What what no. is it? Raphael, isn't it? I, mean, like so. I believe so, but his middle name is like something, the Spanish equivalent of Ted or something, I believe. Raphael Edward Ted. Okay, never Cruz. mind. Okay, yeah. So so we've got like a Hispanic candidate on the Republican side who basically made his name more white. And then we've got a white candidate on the Democrat side who made his name more Spanish sounding. It's like, what the hell's going on in Texas? Honestly, like, I mean, <laughs> you know, from both directions. I'm sorry. It's just like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the Irish Catholic guy sounds more Hispanic than the Hispanic guy does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, speaking of, you know, identity politics and stuff, what was your take on the Elizabeth Warren uh, DNA test? stuff. Uh, I, I think she whiffed that so hard. She said she's Native American. And I said, Pocahontas. Pocahontas, I apologize to you. I apologize. To you, I apologize. To the, to the fake Pocahontas, I won't apologize. I hear some of you are Republicans. I am a Republican registered. Yes. What do you think of him calling her Pocahontas? Well, I think it's ridiculous. He's talking about stuff he doesn't have any idea about. It's offensive to me, not just as Betsy's cousin, but as a Native American. They feel like an attack on me and my mom, but mostly on my grandmother. And my mamma's not around to defend herself. My mother was born in eastern Oklahoma. It had been Indian territory until just a few years earlier when it had become a state. My daddy always said he fell head over heels in love with my mother the first time he saw her. But my daddy's parents, the Herrings, were bitterly opposed to their marrying because my mother's family, the Reeds, was part Native American. This sort of discrimination was common at the time. So when my mama was 19 and my daddy was 20, they eloped. And together they built a family, my three older brothers and me. But how did Dad Herring feel about daddy Marrying mother. Oh, it was not. It was not the happiest time, I'm sure. I think they had a real ride over that. My family grew up on the ragged edge of the middle class. My three brothers all went off to the military when I was just a kid. My life then took some twists and turns, as life does. I went to college, dropped out, married at 19, went to commuter college, had a kid, graduated from law school, had another kid, got divorced, married Bruce, and started teaching. I used my mama's grit to get through commuter college and law school. I used my daddy's relentless optimism when I was balancing babies and books. But my background played no role in my hiring. What does Warren translate into Cherokee as? Spreading bull? <laughs> they call her Pocahontas. No criticism from me. <laughs> you know Elizabeth Warren, right? Most people find offensive is Senator Warren lying about her heritage to advance her career. Do you remember her heritage ever coming up during the hiring process? No, no, no. Her heritage had no bearing on her hiring, period. I was chairing the committee that year. If ethnicity had been part of the discussion, I would have known about it. Her name with respect to racial minority hires, no, never. That's nonsense. Her reputation as a teacher was stellar. We decided to hire her because she was the best there was on the market. Elizabeth was revered as perhaps the best teacher on the faculty. She is a tremendous teacher, an important scholar. She was a trailblazer. She is the hardest working 
person I have probably ever come across. She's just been a giant in the field. She's probably one of the 100 best law professors of the last half century. And to try to belittle that with this nonsense is very unfair. And we will very gently take that kit and we will slowly toss it. To be very gentle. And we will say, I will give you a million dollars to your favorite charity, paid for by Trump, if you take the test and it shows you're an Indian, you know. Hi, this is Elizabeth Warren. Is Dr. Bustamante in, please? Hi, I'm Carlos Bustamante, and I've advised companies in the direct-to-consumer space, including Ancestry.com, 23andMe, and Helix. In the senator's genome, we did find five segments of Native American ancestry with very high confidence, where we believe the error rate is less than one in a thousand. Now, the president likes to call my mom a liar. What do the facts say? The facts suggest that you absolutely have a Native American ancestor in your pedigree. Okay. We come from Oklahoma. When we were born, they said, these are the parents, these are your grandparents, these are your aunts and uncles. Their word was always their bond. They were honest. That's right. Well, that's what Bessie's been saying. I'm not enrolled in a tribe, and only tribes determine tribal citizenship. I understand and respect that distinction, but my family history is my family history. Who, Pocahontas? This isn't just about casual racism war hoops and tomahawk chops. Native communities have faced discrimination, neglect, and violence for generations. And Trump can say whatever he wants about me. But mocking Native Americans or any group in order to try to get at me, that's not what America stands for. Some people have questioned my heritage and my family history. Maybe they do it to insult me. Maybe they do it to distract from the kinds of changes I'm fighting for and the kind of change I'm trying to bring to Washington. Maybe they do it because they think politics is a blood sport. But my parents were real people. The love they shared, the struggles they endured, the family they built, the story they lived will always be etched on my heart. And no one, not even the President of the United States, will ever take it away from me. just don't feel that that was helpful that she did that uh, I know mm-hmm. why she did it because she knew it was going to continue being a thing but mm-hmm. I feel like the better way to attack that is just like attack it on its face and don't go into the weeds with them on whether or not what percentage of your blood is or isn't because first of all that's not how you determine tribal membership uh, it, it's like a like a family tree type thing it's not like a genetic thing it's just like was this person this far back in your family you know what i mean it's not like they don't do a yeah. dna test to see if you're in this thing or that well, and in the yeah, to, in the end to be sorry. fair but when 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 did uh when did tribal membership become the only criteria to judge whether or not she had native american blood though and i i'm but i'm gonna say you know on the other hand like whatever 0.1 percent or whatever she had it's you know I mean, and for all these people, you know, who's saying, we don't want Bernie in 2020. We want Elizabeth Warren. We want to have a woman on the ticket. It's like, I can already see that she will, I mean, unless it's a, uh, you know, unless it's just an absolute real blue wave in 2020, I don't see her 
outmaneuvering Donald Trump on the, you know, social intelligence meter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, say what you will about Trump, he does have a certain of how to manipulate his base that seems to elude policy wonks like Elizabeth Warren, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, she, yes, she, she did the scientific thing or whatever. So this wasn't a scientific debate to start with. You know what I mean? This was this was like a tri- tribalism, racism, every ism you can think of thing. It's not we're not talking about well, yeah. Yeah. Well, and she was she was claiming an identity that mm-hmm. was not on its face, no pun intended, evident. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's part of her origin story. It's, I mean, you know, your parents tell you something about your great ancestor somewhere back in way in the day. You live your whole life believing it, you know, and then, you know, then there's a way or a time where somebody challenges you to prove it. And yeah, it's, I mean, it's an unenviable position to be put in, but uh, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's a mess, but I, it is, again, it is it's a mess. Well, and, and you think about how, you know, tribal membership and and people saying whether or not they're native american has changed over the years i mean people used to lie that they were you know if they had native american blood about it it was a shameful thing because you didn't want to say that you were you know part native american so i mean people lied about this back in the day so it's all mixed up in our you know strange history or whatever but it's like in the reverse if you, you did the reverse would trump ever take a DNA test to prove something? No, of course not. That's not what this is about. Like, it's not not the way to I, win. I'm not so sure Donald Trump wouldn't take a DNA test. Really? Right? Because he, he he's a he's probably a pure-blooded European white <laughs> male. You know, he's I mean he knows where both of his parents came from. I mean he's he's basically second generation <laughs> for all his anti-immigrant stuff. Um. Uh. I don't know, you know, I and and in taking a a a blood test or taking a DNA test would probably endear him more to his uh, his white supremacist <laughs> base. I mean, I'm not so sure he wouldn't, but for yeah. different reasons, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I guess I guess if you look at it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that was a that was a frustrating thing. I mean, you you have interviewed and we we you know we you've interviewed Rachel Dolezal. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if there's, uh, there's no question there, but I mean, how do you think that interplays with this? <laughs> I mean, well, we, we've talked... I, I think that Rachel Dolezal is 0% African American. Uh, if she were to take a DNA test, I think that's what the results would come back with. I don't know that for sure, but I would say based on the other members of her family that I have seen, I, I think, and, and the earlier photos of herself, uh, in the little house in the prairie costumes that she that she grew up with in her unfortunate situation, <laughs> uh, you yeah. know, that's a, that's more of a identity thing where it's like I feel like I'm Cultural more culturally uh, to the drawn to this uh, than I am going to take a DNA test to prove to you that my family what you know it's like that's a little bit of a different situation. I see why you're making that comparison. Uh, I don't think it's exactly the same though. So. Yeah, well, I'm not I'm not even making a comparison. I'm just saying, like, we've got this thing in America today where there's a lot of import placed on ethnic and racial identity. And there's uh-huh. a lot of desire to belong to certain ethnic or racial identity because there's the perception that it 
carries with it some, you know, cachet in some in some areas or something. And I, I just I, I guess I'm just commenting on that, that it's just kind of an interesting thing where we've got Ted Cruz, Beto O'Rourke, Elizabeth Warren, Rachel Dolezal, Donald <laughs> Trump. Um, I mean, we've just got, you know, such a mishmash of, uh, <laughs> you know, people identifying in different ways right like i'm i don't know i'm kind of like i hadn't planned to talk about this at all but it's just like an interesting thing that's going on in america these days maybe maybe a bad thing (laughs) i don't know well apparently uh going back uh i think it was the art of the deal uh trump claimed uh swedish ancestry apparently (laughs) falsely uh for decades apparently (laughs) okay I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what that would be about, but yeah. Yeah. Well, their family changed the name from the German Drumpf or something, right? Drumpf. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they pronounce it, but yeah, when they came over. Exactly. I mean, that might that would have been that would have been the line that Elizabeth Warren probably should have gone with. Hey, at least I'm Elizabeth Warren. You're not actually a Trump. That's a made up name. You know, yeah. that would attack his freaking identity. That was the that was the that was the punchback. That was the punchback. Yeah, exactly. Don't don't go in. Don't go on defense. Yeah, exactly. Just don't go on defense with this guy. It doesn't yeah. help. Why, why weren't you proud to be German? Why were you claiming to be Swedish for a decade yeah. or whatever? I, I mm-hmm. just heard about that right now. But like, that's the attack. <laughs> you know, you want to attack my ethnic identity and origin. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your discomfort with your own. Yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah, all all interesting stuff. So, yeah, anyways, uh yeah, so I don't know what else is going on though. I'm I'm trying to think about what else we've we've really covered a lot of ground on the politics and stuff. Mhm. Yeah, um I don't know. I think we covered most of it. Um let's see. Any other election things? Not really, I guess. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just, I mean, an overall takeaway from this election is Republicans continue to see that racism, xenophobia works as a campaign issue and that voter suppression is effective. And you just need to look at Georgia and Florida and, I mean, frankly, Indiana. We had some, you know, polls that, uh, you know, didn't open on time and, and, you know, machines, some machines caught fire and they ran out of ballots in Bloomington and they had to keep mm. the polls open slightly later in Johnson County. And, you know, I mean, this is all mm. preventable mistakes that are mistakes, not mistakes at all. They're by design because, you know, we yeah. want to make it difficult they, they, for people who can't afford to take the day off of work to vote, basically. So, yeah. I didn't realize that they ran out of they ran out of ballots in Bloomington, huh? Yeah, I'm gonna look this up, Mo- but Monroe County had to stay open later, I believe. Monroe County, like probably, I'm I'm I I don't know exactly about Indianapolis. I would guess Indianapolis would be the other possible blue stronghold in Indiana aside it from was. Monroe County. Yeah, the the Democrats swept the local races in Monroe, in Marion County and in Indianapolis, but uh, mm-hmm. they had to do a. I'm looking on. Uh, here a Monroe County judge had to approve a request to keep the polls open an extra hour because the uh, half the polling places ran out of ballots yeah in Marion yeah. County so yeah yeah go figure 
Yeah, right. Oh, the one blue area in the in the state. Oh, sorry, can't vote here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, to I I don't know that it makes any difference. I mean, that place is going blue no matter what you do. But yeah, yeah, I mean, but less well. less blue. Yeah. Well, and then uh, in in Georgia, like I mentioned, uh, we had this huge voter disenfranchisement campaign run by the guy who's running for governor, who's also the person counting the votes, and yeah. they had. Apparently they, they didn't have enough machines in some areas, and apparently the Atlanta Journal-Constitution is reporting today that they just found several hundred machines wrapped and unused in a warehouse. <laughs> so yeah. this is figure. this is the thing. This is like why we don't have a country, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, I don't know that there's a law that the person who's holding a position that's in control of the the election should be allowed should not be allowed to run for another thing which he's uh-huh. in control of the election for. Yeah. But it's common sense. It should be a law. Yeah. <laughs> right. What it's, would the it's like, what would the Republicans say if the opposite were true? Yeah. <laughs> I mean that that that's an issue. That's obviously an issue. Like, you know, either you have to recuse yourself from anything having to do with this position before you run for the other one. Or you just can't run for it or, you know, whatever. It's like, you know, it's very obvious that that should not be allowed to happen. Mm -hmm. But I think that's the issue for Democrats for the next two years is voter voter suppression. It's I think that they should make that their new issue. If they're looking for an issue, that's what it should be, because this is obviously, you know, they, they tell you your vote doesn't matter. But then, you know, Republicans do everything they can to stop it from happening. So it must matter some. So. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't have a lot of confidence that that will become a major issue for Democrats. I hope it does too. I really think it should be, mm-hmm. but you know, you know, we had all this problem with the electoral college in 2016. And what did I say back then? It should be an issue, but it's not going to be. Have mm-hmm. we heard anything else really, except for some rambling and well, some random bitching and moaning about it? I mean, I will say that, uh, Growing coalition of states, maybe not enough to matter yet, but a growing coalition of states are enacting on a state level uh, changes that would basically the agreement that they're all signing is that if their state uh, votes, I forget exactly what the details of it was, but it was they're basically agreeing not to go along with the Electoral College if it overrules the popular vote like in their state. So okay. like they're going to basically nullify it state by state. That's the new strategy that I've heard, because, I mean, otherwise you got to amend the Constitution on that, and that's a pretty heavy lift. But maybe that's a way to combat it. You know, if we get enough states to agree to just whatever the outcome is, follow the popular vote with their mm-hmm. del- you know, elector- electors or whatever, uh, you know, maybe that would be a way to do it. Who knows? But, you know, yeah, I, I doubt if the Republican states, even if they agreed to it and it didn't go their way, let's let's see what happens then. I doubt they would. <laughs> You know, it's like Bill Maher said that we're on the honor system and Republicans are all out of honor. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 it's uh, yeah, it's we can't trust that half of the population to do the right thing basically ever for the yeah. most part. I mean, exactly an exception here or there aside. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's disappointing most of the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. I mean, election stuff should be important, but. But the thing is, we're already kind of at a disadvantage because you've got to vote on this stuff and Republicans are already <laughs> suppressing the vote. It's, it's like, you know, it's like two wolves and a sheep voting on what to have for dinner or however yeah. the joke goes. It's like yeah, you, exactly. we're voting to give ourselves more voting rights, but you guys have the majority and already don't want us to have more voting rights. So let's let's vote on it. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. 
Let's ask you, We're racist gonna... Bill, the only person left available to vote. <laughs> yeah. What do you it's think? Like a, yeah, it's like Borat said that one time. If you do not vote for him, then he will seize power. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that's almost what we need to do. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Well, I think it was uh, David Frum that said if uh, Republicans think that they'll lose, I forget what the exact quote was, but it was like if if Republicans think they can't win democratically, they won't abandon conservatism, they'll abandon democracy. (laughs) And we're seeing that play out pretty steadily. Yeah, my my worry continues to be that if one party in the two-party system is abandoning democracy and the other one continues to try to play by the rules, you, you know what's going to happen, right? <laughs> it's it's mm-hmm. not – the person playing by the rules with one hand tied behind their back is not going to come out at the end. Mm-hmm. It's uh, – I, I, you know, I don't mean to be melodramatic or, you know, uh, uncivil in my rhetoric or whatever, but I'm just saying, like, I hope – I hope maybe – I hope I'm wrong, right? I hope I'm wrong about the way things are going, but you know, maybe maybe 2020 will be the blowout that we need. Maybe the next two years will have enough obstruction to, you know, <laughs> to make things livable. But exactly, hold people accountable. But I'm not right. holding my breath for it, though. For sure. Well, on that positive, happy, hopeful note, uh, I think I probably ought to wrap up. But, uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Uh, chopping it up with you here. There's a lot to discuss, and I'm glad we got to kind of go over it here. And let's let's do it again soon. So. Yeah, for sure. I'll get started on the uh, on the, uh, the that TV show. The corner. Uh, the corner. Yeah. yeah. I'll try to get for started sure. on that. Awesome. And uh, yeah, Bob, you didn't ask me about my music. Oh, sorry. What music have you been listening to lately besides the 538 theme? <laughs> yeah, that that thing continues to madden me. I hear it in my head every day, and yet it's not on YouTube or anywhere that I can find it except like maybe Spotify, but I don't have a Spotify account or something. So, and I think it's banned in Korea. Um, but no, Charlie Puth, man. Since since 2017, when I was in America, like Charlie Puth had like three hits on the radio. I think he's got a weird name, but that guy can sing. Hmm. I feel like I've heard of that guy. We don't talk anymore. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, what else? What was the other ones? He's he's had a couple of just bangers, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's that definitely guy. been on the radio pretty steadily over here. So, see you again. Yeah. Tension. Uh-huh. How long? We don't talk How anymore. How long? Yeah. How long? Yeah. Ten- one one call away. Uh, attention. Yeah. Attention. We don't talk anymore. And, uh, yeah, what was the other one? Uh, one call away. No. Tension, I know that how song. long? How long, how long? Th- those three, that was like the trifecta when I was back in America. Mm. I think him him and, uh, what's her name? Demi Lovato. Got herself, Demi Lovato. <laughs> that was... <laughs> that, those, I thought those, of you when that happened with the, uh, overdose. <laughs> the, the what? When she, I think she overdosed on meth or... <clears throat> Something. Yeah, heroin or something. I don't know yeah. what it was, but yeah. unfortunate. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, she. Yeah, I remember. Like, I was driving my dad's car around North Carolina, and it came on the radio, and they're like, "Oh, we're we're here with Demi Lovato, and she's got her new song that's about to premiere right now." And then they played it. I was like, "Oh, that's that's catchy," and I shazammed it and stuff. And and then for the rest of the month, the rest of October 2017, while I was back in America, her song was all over the place, and I I was just like, it was an awesome song. I liked it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, when I was when I was driving back down to North Carolina there the last time to, you know, spend another week down there before I flew out, like it was a good time. I drove through Kentucky. I took a detour out to see a girl's piano recital from Korea who was out at some Baptist college in the middle of Kentucky somewhere. And I was and after that, I finished at 10 o'clock at night and I had another, you know, five or six hours of driving ahead of me, which was interesting. Anyways, I was just driving through these kind of these mountains down in rural Kentucky that I'd never been through before, just kind of following my GPS on my phone and listening to the radio. Hmm. I, I think I got a Metallica station at one point, and then I was also trying to f- find the pop hits and stuff, and a lot of good music, a lot of good tunes. It was a good moment. Cool. So, anyways, yeah, those are some tunes there. Awesome. All right. Well, yeah, I guess we can wrap up here, but yeah, let's do it again soon. Yeah, definitely. Have a good uh, night or whatever the time it is there in, in Korea. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's almost almost bedtime for Bonzo over here. <laughs> All right, well, have a good night. Uh, good talking to you. Yeah, you too, Bob. Have a good night. Have a good day.
If you enjoy this podcast, there are several ways to support it. Join the Rob Burgess Show mailing list. Go to tinyletter.com forward slash the Rob Burgess Show and type in your email address. Then respond to the automatic message. I have a Patreon account, which can be found at patreon.com forward slash Rob Burgess Show Patreon. I hope you'll consider supporting in any amount. Also, please make sure to comment, follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review everywhere the podcast is available, including iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Facebook, Twitter, Internet Archive, TuneIn, and RSS. The official website for the podcast is www.therobburgessshow.com. You can find out more about me by visiting my website, www.thisburgess.com. And if you have something to say, record a voice memo on your smartphone and send it to therobburgessshow at gmail.com. Include voice memo in the subject line of the email. Until next time.